On today's Dingy Corners, we're going to have a message from me and also a divisional recap. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's Dingy Corners. Welcome, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Nate, and today is week seven of the MLB recap. But before that, I just want to say something. Number one, two things to say here. Number one is that we've had a lot of shows lately. We had a show in the Dells. We had a show in Miami. We have a show upcoming in Dallas. By the time you watch this, if you watch it on Thursday... Uh, we'll be at a show in Dallas on Friday and then some of Saturday. We're leaving Saturday. And I just wanted to say thank you. There's been a lot of people that have come up to me, to Aaron, um, to Sam in Miami, and just told us how much they enjoy our show. Um, and many of you specifically, because you are listening to this and you listen to it every day, um, you came up to me specifically and told me how much you enjoy your show and how you listen to it on every car ride into work. Um, or other other ways of listening it, but uh, it means a lot. It means a lot to me because you know you you notice you know you see the numbers and how many people listen and how many people watch, but sometimes they're just numbers on a screen, and then to finally get to meet people that are actually listening and um, you know get to know their personalities and who you are and what you do and why you listen. You know, some people just listen to learn more about baseball. Some people listen because uh, they love baseball and they're not necessarily looking to invest, but they love baseball. And, you know, I love baseball. So it's nice to sometimes have somebody else that loves baseball, especially if you're by yourself and uh, you don't always get to talk baseball with people because, you know, not everyone has friends that love baseball the way we do um, if you're listening to this. And so I just wanted to thank you for coming up and saying hi and introducing yourself I know Aaron really appreciates it, Sam really appreciates it, and I really appreciate it uh, that you take the time out of your day to come over to us, uh, just a couple kids from Wisconsin, and say hi and uh, tell us that you appreciate our work. It keeps us going, and it really, it really, really, really means a lot to me. So I, I thank you. I thank you. And then number two, that brings me to point number two. And I realized as the card market has been dropping a bit and the NFT market has been dropping, um, NFT sales are way lower. Um, I heard, you know, NBA Top Shot is dropping, right? And um, the uh, cryptocurrency market is dropping. So if you were watching Bitcoin or Ethereum, um, Dogecoin, right, it's all been uh, Ethereum itself, I was looking at, it was a high of $4,200. And then like five days later, it's at $2,500. Um, you know, so $1,700 drop Bitcoin. I don't know what it was at, but I think it's in the 38,000s. Don't quote me on that. Um, and I realized that there's, you know, huge drops across the market and, you know, that's to be expected. People are out, spend their money on other things, whatever, um, along with cards dropping, but you know, there's been a lot of influence, Elon Musk, right? Um, other people 
there's been a lot of influence to spend your money on this crypto on cryptocurrencies and cards and this and that. And um, at the end of the day, there's a ton of people that are losing money, significant uh, significant amounts of money because they listen to somebody else, Elon Musk per se. And then Elon Musk pulls his money or Bitcoin going out of Tesla, right? Or China declines accepting cryptocurrencies. And all of a sudden, people are losing significant amounts of money. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are pressed because they had money or they put in $1,000 at the very wrong time, their life savings because somebody told them to, and now they're out of it. And that brings me to my point, which is I've been talking a lot about Hedbert Perez lately. And Hedbert Perez to me is a guy that I want to invest in. I don't, I'm not trying to convince, convince anybody else to invest in Hedbert Perez. I know I did a video on him and I liked him. But that's just a video for you to do more work. Uh, for me, Hedbert Perez is the type of guy where I'm a Brewers fan. So if he fails, I'm still content with the card because I'm a Brewers fan. And I enjoy Brewers cards. And I don't necessarily care how much they cost, right? Um, and so I'm willing to take that gamble. He is only an 18-year-old kid, 17 last year, 18 barely this year, right? And he hasn't played stateside outside of summer camp last year and a little bit of spring training. There's not much to go on there. There isn't. And he could fail miserably in rookie ball this year, right? It could happen. So that being said, you know, it's a big risk. And yet I'm comfortable with it personally because I'm a Brewers fan, but I worry that I've brought him up so much and we brought him up so much in our videos that there's going to be a lot of other people out there to be like, Nate is so sure about Hedbert Perez that I have to get Hedbert Perez too. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm only sure about Hedbert Perez in this way. He's got a lot of talent. He could become, you know, the type of talent that could become a top 10 prospect. And I'm sure he's a brewer and I'm a Brewers fan and I like that gamble. I like that gamble, but 120 to $150 a base auto is a gamble, a huge, huge gamble for a guy that hasn't played. And um, if I were not a Brewers fan, like if this was Kevin Alcantara for the Yankees, I like him. I wouldn't buy him because I'm not a Yankees fan and he hasn't, he's not proven yet. So just keep that in mind. I really like Hedbert Perez, but for personal reasons, as opposed to thinking you should definitely go out and he's a can't-miss prospect. He can miss, but I'm willing to take that gamble. So do with that what you will. I just didn't want to get way down the line and keep talking about Hedbert Perez and have a bunch of people be like, I have to invest in him because Nate loves him. I love him because he's a brewer, and I'm excited about his upside. Nothing more. All right, we have our 2021 Week 7 Recap. And this week, we are going back to the divisional recap. I know many of you missed it. Uh, we got away from it for a couple of weeks. But we are back to the divisional recap. One player per division going through all six divisions. We're going to talk about them. We're going to look at their stats. And we're going to cover a little prices. Before that, though, we have a major injury to report. Every week, it seems like there's a big-time injury. And this week, unfortunately, it's the biggest of big time injuries. And that is Mike Trout. He's out six to eight weeks with a calf strain. It's getting to the point where, you know, 
disregard 2020 because of the weird season and that stinks. Um, but it's getting to the point where he's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years, and that might be the main catalyst between him becoming a top three player all time and him just merely being one of the greats. You know, you can either be a top three player or one of the greats. He was on track for being one of the top three. But with all of these injuries and all this missed time, in addition to 2020, it's an uphill battle. So in the last three years, not including 2020, he played 140 games, 114, 114 games, 140 games, and 134 games in 17, 18, and 19, respectively. Now, 140 games isn't bad. It's only missing 22 games, but still, that's three weeks of the season, right? Um, three weeks in a day of the season missed because of missed games. And then 134 and 114 gets worse. And now he's going to be missing six to eight weeks this year. And so the problem for me is that it's starting to become a pattern. Mike Trout played 157 to 159 games for like four or five years straight. Missed a game here, game there. Now he's missing huge amounts of time with random injuries. And so it just kind of stinks. Not from a card perspective value, because, you know, Mike Trout is Mike Trout. But from a trying to become one of the greats value, you know, 22 games one year and another, what, 28 games? So we're at 50 games and then 162 to 114, right? So that's uh, 48. Um, Yeah, 48. So we're at 98 games, and then whatever he missed last year and whatever he misses this year, you know, you're talking about full seasons now adding up where at the end of the year, he's missed two full, at the end of his career, he might have missed two full seasons in games played by injury, um, if not more. And so it stinks. It stinks. Let's look at some card prices, though, and see if we can figure out anything that's going on. So I grabbed these card prices yesterday, the high for his Bowman Chrome Draft Refractor PSA 10. Not Bowman Chrome Rookie Refractor PSA 10, but the Bowman Chrome Draft Refractor PSA 10 from 2011. The high was $6,250. That was the all-time watermark uh, before the season or during the season, $6,250. That price dropped all the way to $5,250 on May 18th, which was two days ago. Now, um, that price has been hit around before this price after this price right but 52.50 and then yesterday may 19th so a day after the news came out that he's missing six to eight weeks there was a sale for four thousand and seventy six four thousand dollars and seventy six cents on may 19th now you can't really garner anything from this because that's probably just a spoof sale there's no way this card price should have dropped 1250 off of news that Mike Trout's going to be out six weeks. So I imagine somebody just got a major steal. That being said, it can't be ruled out completely that maybe his market is dropping. So maybe this person got a major steal. But if they didn't, and this is what prices are now, if you've got $4,000 lying around, I highly suggest you go buy because this is a huge, huge steal for a guy that is one of the all-time greats, and hopefully, if he stays healthy, going to be a top three player in the MLB. But Mike Trout, please get healthy. Game is significantly better with you in it.
All right, on to the divisional recap. So, like we did before, going division by division, talking one guy, one guy only. So, please enjoy. AL East. Now, I should have gone Aaron Judge. To the Yankee fans watching this, you're probably saying to yourself, right when you saw Vlad Guerrero Jr., you're saying, Aaron Judge was so much better. And it's true. Aaron Judge was really good this week. But if I have the option of talking about Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Aaron Judge, I'm sorry. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is just significantly more exciting. And so Vladdy, five games, 23 plate appearances, a 429 average and a 478 on base with a 952 slugging. That's not an OPS. That's a slugging 952, um, which is good for a 1400 OPS, 1400 plus OPS. Nine hits on the week, two doubles, three home runs, two walks, and one strikeout. So not only did he have five extra base hits and only one strikeout, but he had two walks and only one strikeout. So Vlad was just on a whole nother level this week, and he's been on a whole nother level all year. Dude has been incredible, and yet his prices still don't get the respect they deserve compared to a Tatis or an Acuna or a Soto. Now, part of that is their positions compared to Vlad playing first base. But, but the bat is just as good as those guys. He is firmly cementing himself as the fourth uh, fiddle in that fiddle group, right? And so, Vladdy, unbelievable. Now, if we look at his card prices, we've got over here the 2019 Topps Chrome Update Pink. So, I try to choose some different cards once in a while. And so, Vlad, as you know, he has the... Uh, top Series 2, short print, non-number. He has Tops Chrome. He has Tops Chrome Update, which we're looking at. He has Tops Update, and he has a rookie debut in those cards. So he has a lot of cards, and it's kind of hard to keep straight what you should buy. And so I don't think you can go wrong with Tops Chrome or Tops Chrome Update any either way. But if you were going to go Tops Chrome Update, Pink's a pretty good way to go because he doesn't have any other non-numbered colors in Topps Chrome Update. It's pink and then it's numbered, right? Refractor 250 and it goes down from there. And so for this card, pretty nice non-numbered card for pink of his Topps Chrome Update. Of course, I think I would I would rather go Topps Chrome if I could, but if it's not your price range, this is a fine substitute. And so you're looking at a PSA 10 here. Before the season, I believe this was March 30th. I didn't put the date on here. It was $158 shipped. Yesterday, maybe two days ago, I don't remember the exact date, it was $146 shipped for the same card. So a $12 drop, not a huge drop. That's probably just the difference in you know getting the right person on the auction and not getting the right person on the auction. But still, a drop is a drop for a guy who's been absolutely unbelievable. And you'll see that all the way across his market. Incredible season, price drop. Incredible season for Ronald Acuna, price drop. Incredible season for Mike Trout, price drop. And we are just in the midst of probably a correction. People not overreacting to three home run games or this or that, unless it's a guy that's like $2 and he dominates and all of a sudden it goes up to 20 But if they're really priced high, it's going to take sustained excellence from Vlad over a number of years, I believe, to really see price increases now. And that's okay. We're going to get back to what the card market was like before, hopefully. And uh, I think you all enjoy it because it's not overwhelming. So Vladdy is our AL East highlight. 
AL Central is Yohan Mankata. So Yohan played seven games. You remember Yohan. He was the number one prospect in baseball from the Red Sox, got traded to the White Sox in the Chris Sale deal. And now he's been amazing this week, and they needed somebody to step up with the Eloy injury and the Luis Robert injury, and Yohan ju did just that. So we played seven games, which is absurd, in one week. Uh, seven games. In fact, I only I went yeah 14th through the last Thursday through this Wednesday for stats, but I don't believe this Thursday been or this Wednesday had been played yet, stats wise. So they had a doubleheader in there, maybe. Um, but he played seven games, 29 plate appearances, a 400 average with a 586 on base and a 550 slugging, which is a good thing to point out right now is that none of these stats involve last night's stats. So, like, Otani is going to be coming up next. None of his stats from yesterday aren't here. So, do with that what you will. Remember that. So, 400, 586, 550 for Yohan Mankata. Eight hits, three doubles. No home runs, but three doubles. But the big thing here is he had nine walks this week to only four strikeouts. Yohan's eye really popping off this week, if not the home run power. Um, and... He's a great player. He's a great player. Tim Anderson's a great player. Hopefully, Tony LaRusso doesn't ruin them. But just keep an eye out for Yohan Mankata. Now that Luis Robert and Eloy are injured, they're going to need somebody to step up, and I wouldn't be shocked if it's Mankata. He's kind of forgotten fiddle with a big personality of Tim Anderson and also you know, the young stars of Robert and Eloy. But he's here, and he's amazing. And just for price reference, I took his 2017 Topps Chrome BGS 9.5, now, there are no subgrades on here, but it was $57 shipped. Um, assume if there are subgrades, it's a little bit higher than that. So if you're sitting on one of these, and the reason I bring these up and don't bring comparable prices is just to point out that if you're sitting on one of these and you know you spent less, and you maybe you didn't realize that the price has moved up, and you can sell. So $57 for a Taps Chrome, no subgrade BGS 9.5 auto of Yuan Mankata. The AL West is Shoei Otani. So I brought him up. He's been amazing. He's been incredible. I don't have any of his stats from yesterday in here. But we've got Shoei Otani hitting, and then the next slide will be pitching. So hitting on the year. I didn't do the week. I did the year because we haven't brought him up yet, and I kept meaning to bring him up week after week after week, and I just, there was other things to bring up. And so now we are finally, finally, finally talking about Otani. He played 41 games with 167 plate appearances, He's hit 271 with a 323 on base and a 632 slugging. Granted, these numbers are a little bit off because of yesterday, but that's good for a 161 WRC plus, which is incredible. 61 points better than league average as a hitter. Nine walks to 48 strikeouts, 42 hits, 10 doubles, two triples, and 14 home runs leads the league. And for kicks and giggles, he's added in six stolen bases. So if you're keeping track at home, 41 games into the season, you know, you triple that to get to a 120 games, and I don't know how many more games he's going to play than that. Um, we'll see. Maybe he gets up to 140. I got to imagine they'll give him some rest days in there. So uh, if you triple, if you quadru you can't quadruple, but if you triple and add some, you know, he's probably a 20 stolen base guy, and he's going to be a 30-plus home run hitter. So a 30-20, maybe even a 40-20 guy, um, and maybe even a 40, like 30 doubles. 
20 stolen bases for Otani this year, which is incredible. Now, there's a couple things. Um, you'd like to see the walks go up a little bit, but you can't nitpick them. He's swinging at pitches out of the zone, but he's making hard contact all the time. And so if you're going to swing out of the zone, at least make hard contact. And that's what he's doing. Uh, he's been absolutely incredible as a hitter. Uh, nobody don't care about the 271 average. Some people probably think that's a little bit low and it might drop a little bit lower than that. But who cares when he's making the amount of contact he's making and the hard contact he's making when he's making contact. So not concerned about that. Uh, the power is prestigious. The speed is incredible, and he's the real deal as a hitter, but he's also the real deal as a pitcher. And so you're looking at five games, 25.1 innings, not including last night, a 210 ERA, which is really good to see from him, 40 strikeouts, which is 14.03 Ks per nine, 20 walks, which is 7.01 walks per nine, 3.9 hits per nine is immaculate. 40 K or 14 Ks per nine is immaculate, but seven walks per nine is rough. And this is the problem you have. And that is that he's not taking walks as a hitter. And so if he's struggling to hit the baseball, you know, you want to see somebody taking walks. Yelich came back from injury yesterday, had two walks. He wasn't making good contact, but he managed to work two walks, follow some pitches off even pitches that you can hit, foul him off, and make him throw some balls, take a walk. If Otani's not doing that, he could struggle at the plate occasionally because not everyone's going to make contact, you know, 162 games a year and be in a group 162 games. It's just not going to happen. So you want those guys, when they're not making good contact, to be able to take a walk here or there so that they're still providing value at the plate by getting on base. Um, and especially with Otani's wheels, he could still steal bases. But if he's not doing that, that's a warning sign to me. And then also on the pitching side, <clears throat> his strikeouts are amazing and his hits are amazing, but his walks significantly less so. And if he has a couple games where he, you know, walks a couple guys in the first couple innings and then gets that one big hit, all of a sudden, you know, you can have those blow up games where his ERA goes from 2.10 to uh, 3.4 real quick because a couple walks with no control and then one big hit, and all of a sudden he's given up four runs in four innings, and he's out of there. So just something to keep in mind with Otani. There's some risk there on both sides of the ball, but the whole package is absolutely incredible. Uh, just one of those guys that has the most talent of anybody in the MLB history. Without a doubt, you add the bat, the pitching, the arm, and the speed, and I don't care if you come at me with Babe Ruth, Otani's a better athlete, a better talent than Babe Ruth, which is something that is feels impossible to say, and yet here we are. He's good at both things. He's good on the bases. It really is quite spectacular to watch. So if you're invested in Otani, hold on probably. Hold on and see where this goes because we're talking about a guy that as he builds innings, Right on his arm, he might be throwing 175 innings in two years and getting 500 plate appearances. And there's no reason he can't be like a 10 win above replacement guy. There's literally no reason if you're doing both. As for his prices, I got both his tops foils. So this is his tops series two foil, uh, PSA 10, and it is $575. Um, the most recent sale, and then his tops update foil PSA 10 
$325. So a healthy $250 difference between these two cards. And I just wanted to bring these both up to show you that it used to be, I used to think that Topps Update was the card to get because he's actually in an Angels jersey compared to the Top Series 2 in which he has a Japanese jersey on that they just put an Angels image over. But apparently people care that it's the first card and not the actual Angels jersey now because people are spending significantly more money on the Top Series 2 foil than the Topps Update. So keep that in mind. An Trout or uh, Otani is another guy that has a bajillion cards. He's got his series two. He's got his update. He's got his tops chrome. He's got his tops chrome update. He's got his rookie debuts. His tops heritage. His tops heritage high number. Um, you know his action variations. Uh, his three game hit streak card. The card that he's sitting in a golf cart with Mike Trout. Bowman Chrome rookies. Bowman Mega Box rookies from Japan. So, you know, just endless, I think, two Bowman rookies, one from Bowman Baseball, one from Bowman Chrome, but endless rookies, endless rookies. So do your diligence when looking for cards to buy of him, and don't just buy the first thing because you think it's a good deal because likely it's not going to be. On to the NL East, and we've got Trey Turner. Trey Turner is one of my favorite guys in the league, um, just a really exciting player to watch, and he played six games last year week with 27 plate appearances, 360 average, 407 on base, and a 720 slugging. Nine hits, three doubles, and two home runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. The reason I bring Trey Turner up is because a lot of people love Juan Soto, right? And for good reason. But Trey Turner is secretly, quietly on pace for a 40-30 season from a guy who I don't think anybody expected 20 home runs out of as a minor leaguer, right? And yet here he is on pace for a 40-30 season, another Padres prospect that if he was on the Padres, that'd be extremely fun, him and, and Fernando Tatis. But he's on the Nationals, and, I mean, we're really talking about 40-30. Yeah, I rounded up a little bit. It was like 29 points something uh, stolen bases per on the year at his current rate. So if you round up just a smidge, we're talking a 40-30 season from Trey Turner, and that's absolutely incredible. And for prices, his Bowman Chrome BGS 9.5 last sale was for $165, which is a pretty healthy price. But considering how good he is and what a star he is, I think it should probably be a little bit higher. And uh, moving on to the NL Central, and this hurts my heart a little bit, but I couldn't not talk about him, and that is Nolan Arenado. It's Nolan Arenado when he was a Rocky. Fine dude. Good dude. Nolan Arenado on the Cardinals, less of a good dude because he's on the Cardinals. Five games for him, 21 plate appearances, a 550 average, 571 on base, and a 1200 slugging. Not on base percentage, OPS on base plus slugging, but just slugging 1200 there. 11 hits on the week, one double, and four home runs. And I think he hit a home run last night, but I'm not 100% sure on that. And the big number here, zero strikeouts. So everyone was like, is Nolan Arenado going to be any good outside of Coors because his numbers? always fell off a little bit when he left Coors. And I don't think it's because he's just a good hitter because he hits in Coors. I think he was a good hitter and then struggled outside of Coors because you play 81 games a year where breaking balls don't break as much. And then you go to a place like, I don't know, San Francisco, and all of a sudden breaking balls are breaking and you're not 100% sure you're ready for it because you play 81 games at home. So once you get him out of that situation, 
and into the Cardinals, all of a sudden you were like, oh, yeah, Nolan Arenado is an amazing hitter, and it stinks. It stinks as a Brewers fan that Nolan Arenado is actually good. I was really kind of hoping he was going to be bad and that it was all just Coors numbers, but it clearly isn't, and he's been amazing. His tops update PSA 10 is up to $167, and this is one of that shipped there. That was the last one. Um, and this is one of those cards that kind of, I feel like, deserves more respect than it gets. And we'll see where it goes from here now that he is a Cardinal. Um, if Christian Yelich can get up to $200 for PSA 10, there's no reason Nolan Arenado can't. And then last but not least, the NL West. And we've got Gavin Lux. There's a couple guys probably that I could have talked about for the NL West. But I had to talk about Gavin Lux because he's from Wisconsin. He played five games, 20 plate appearances a 353 batting average with a 450 on base and a 647 slugging, six hits, two doubles and one home run, three walks to three strikeouts. Now the big thing for Gavin Lux despite his nice numbers is that Corey Seager is injured and Gavin Lux will be playing shortstop for the foreseeable future, which is good for his card prices because his PSA 10 tops rookie and this price is probably a little bit high. This was somebody buying this is shipped and to buy it now, you could probably get an auction for a little bit less, but this price was 40 bucks. I'm sure you could get it for around 35 right now, if not a little bit less than that. And so him playing shortstop for the foreseeable future, if he's hitting well, can only do wonders for his pr prices. Now, I'm not suggesting you go out and buy Gavin Lux because you just don't know what he's going to do after Corey Seager is back. But if this is a short-term play, you know, maybe you buy one, maybe you buy two, spend a grand total of $70, maybe $80 with tax, and um, maybe it gets up to 50 55 and you can sell out a little bit. But there is risk there. It's just, it's exciting to see him playing well, and it's exciting to get seeing him play shortstop for the Dodgers. That is a dream come true. And that is the end of Dinging Corners today, the divisional recap. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the divisional recap and my little uh, spiel at the beginning, plus a little injury note on Mike Trout, as depressing as it is. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will talk to you guys again next week.